A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. January 2nd, 1965, an oft-to-overlooked day of great importance in professional wrestling. It was on this day, just after lunchtime, that households across the United Kingdom put Channel 3 on and watched the first episode of World of Sport. Welcome to ITV's World of Sport with me, Dickie Davis. Tonight we bring you a veritable goldmine of material. World of Sport offered five hours of global sporting coverage. Football, horse racing, NASCAR racing, Tempin bowling, speedway, hockey... Even the World Barrel Jumping Championships got a look in. It was through World of Sports that we in the UK got our first taste of the sport that brought you and I here today, professional wrestling. Welcome to ITV's World of Sport with me, Dickie Davis. Tonight we bring you a veritable goldmine of material. The popularity of wrestling coverage as part of World of Sport was so great that when the show ended in 1985, it splintered off into a show all of its own. Saturday afternoons on British television screens belonged to professional wrestling. I was a fan of World of Sport before I was a fan of wrestling. I used to go to my grandmother's when I'd be, say, six or seven years old. It was part of the fabric of, of those times with family. Over 30 years have gone by since its debut, and World of Sport is still fondly remembered by not just the fans, but by the wrestling stars of today. The world of sports style of wrestling even made it to America and inspires performers around the world. I was kind of introduced to it when I went to Germany for the first time. It was incredible. Watched thousands of hours of world of sport. This seems like something that just seems so far away and so different, yet Ken Walton explains everything to us so we know what's happening, we can understand the history. Hello, grappling fans everywhere. For all the people who are inspired by it, there are still many who are unaware of it. So today, we're going to change that. Joining me is John Lister, the author of Have a Good Week Till Next Week, British wrestlers of the TV era. I think it was this kind of bizarre mix of being this you know, outlandish uh, entertainment, these great big characters, but because it was within the context of uh, the world of sport uh, television show, being presented so it was plausible that it was a, a real sport. Unlike today where... The wrestling promotion films the TV show, edits it, puts the commentary on and then gives it to the TV station. This was actually filmed and produced by ITV in exactly the same way as they would cover a football match or a rugby match. It had that sort of mystique to it, I think, from fans who kind of see crazy characters doing these, these sort of outlandish things, but always kind of within that context of it's a serious sport, there's weight divisions, there's people going for championships and so on. 
So who were these enigmatic performers? In this podcast, we'll be looking into five stars from the glory days of World of Sport. Five very different personalities with five very different stories, all with one thing in common. They had millions around the UK screaming at their televisions on a Saturday afternoon. Now, where do we start? Well, that part is easy. <laughs> One of the first families of British wrestling was the Crabtrees. You had the patriarch, Shirley Crabtree Sr., a tough contestant in his heyday, and after it as well, you had his son, Max Crabtree, noted pro wrestling promoter in the north of England, and you had Max's brother, Shirley Crabtree Jr. Shirley Jr. followed in his father's footsteps and stepped into the ring in 1952, competing as the Blonde Adonis up until the 60s. When Shirley started working for his brother, he bought a new heel persona with him, now going by the name Big Daddy, he formed a dangerous alliance with the monstrous giant haystacks. Big Daddy, Shirley Crabtree of Halifax, at 24 and a half stone, or a little more now, I understand, nearly 25, and his partner, Giant Haystack, 31 stone, 6 foot 11 inches in height. It was when Daddy and Haystacks came to blows in the finals of a wrestling tournament that Big Daddy finally became the beloved babyface that millions would remember. By this point, it was the 70s, and in every sense of the word, Big Daddy was bigger than ever. He had his own strip in a weekly comic. He was constantly on TV as a special guest or starring in a commercial. He was very much the face of British wrestling. And when Big Daddy was on the card, it meant box office. He kind of had this English character where he wasn't this muscly guy. He was a bit of an everyman. And also that he was promoted in a way that was unlike any other wrestlers. Villains would be very deliberately built up to face him up after he'd beaten everybody else, and then he kind of see them off. Only a select few people can say they hold a victory over Big Daddy, and this guy is one of them. The greatest wrestler in the world today, the mighty, mask and mysterious, King Kendo Nagasaki. Bedecked in robes, carrying a fencing sword and sporting a mask that hid every aspect of his visage, Kendo Nagasaki was a striking presence before the bell even rang. The backstory of the great Nagasaki was shrouded in mystery. From the debut in 1964, he went on an unparalleled, undefeated streak in the UK. Several magazines in the 70s carried adverts offering £100 to the wrestler who could pin Kendo Nagasaki, yet that money went unclaimed. His success would see him travel to IWE in Japan and Stampede Wrestling in Canada, two stomping grounds for wrestling greatness. John Lister shed some light on the training that made Kendo such a tough contender. One of the things that sort of come out uh, now he's talking more is that he spent a lot of the time in the Snake Pit, which was a catch wrestling gym in Wigan, which was based around basically pro wrestling if it was real. You'd get older wrestlers who would make people literally fight to get a hold to kind of establish themselves. Then you had to kind of prove yourself and, and work up over the years. A big part of Kendo Nagasaki's mystery was his mask. Now, many wrestlers attempted to remove it. Some were successful, very briefly, but they incurred the wrath of Nagasaki the moment it came off. Yet it was in 1977 when Kendo Nagasaki did something we never thought we would see. Welcome to the Civic Hall of Wolverhampton, where tonight 
I will presently be performing the ceremony that has never voluntarily been performed in this country. And the ceremony, of course, that you've all been waiting for is that of the unmasking of the superstar himself, Kendo Nagasaki. The story went that masked wrestlers were disqualified from competing for the British Heavyweight Championship. So, in order to compete for the division, he had to unmask. Of course, in true Kendo style, the real reason is shrouded in mystery. Recently, the secrets of Kendo Nagasaki have been revealed in his autobiography. But during the height of World of Sports, Kendo Nagasaki would remain tight-lipped and do all his talking in the ring. Kayfabe isn't what you know, it's what you see. You know, everybody knew that his real name was Peter Thornley, you know, he lived in Stowe. But yet, because you never saw him, even years later at wrestling reunions, he'd still be wearing the mask all the time. It, it kind of really maintained his character for sort of so many years. It's almost, uh, I think, the nearest equivalent would be Undertaker, who sort of so rarely does any kind of photos of himself kind of outside of his character and, and doesn't do sort of, you know, behind-the-scenes interviews. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ladies and gentlemen from Bradford, Lynn Les Kellett essentially is my hero. Rob Schamberger, the WWE art painter, he made me a Les Kellett portrait that sits in my house right now. That's pro wrestler Colt Cabana espousing his love for one of the most entertaining world of sport wrestlers in history. Maybe one of the most entertaining wrestlers full stop. The great Les Kellett. 
Born in 1915, although some believe it was maybe a few years before that. He was very kayfabe with his age. Les Kelly debuted in his early 20s, but his career was put on hold when he was called to defend his country in World War II. He returned after the war and brought a very unique sense of comedic timing and energy to the ring. Kellett's interactions with his opponents and the official would leave audiences in fits of laughter. I give away more God. I don't care. <laughs> Stop dancing about and don't go around. Come on! <laughs> He was so much fun to watch, but his hard man reputation was no laughing matter. Les Kellett's nickname, the hardest man in wrestling, was not a gimmick. In his tryout match, so the story goes, Kellett refused to submit to an arm lock, demanding his opponent break his fingers instead. John Fisher shares another tale of Kellett's hard man rep. Probably one that really stands out. Johnny Kincaid was sort of having an argument with a, a guy in the pub. Les Kellett sort of came over and grabbed hold of this guy and held his arm and his head to the side of a radiator, which in those days actually was sort of burning hot. And the next morning, Les Kellett comes down. Johnny Kincaid sort of notices his, his entire forearm, pink, red, raw, where it had gone up against this radiator. I mentioned this to Les Kellett and Les Kellett sort of looked down. It was as if it was like the first time he'd ever noticed it. And there was kind of a debate on was he literally somebody who didn't feel pain at all or was it just a case of he kept this image up and never wanted it to be seen and never taken advantage of. Kelly being impervious to pain would explain the time that he got an infection that caused pus to build up in his hand and so the story goes instead of taking medication to clear it he got one of the guys in the locker room to stamp on his hand to burst the infection. Sorry we, were you eating when I said that? Les Kellett's story is so fascinating that film writer Harvey Orzors couldn't resist writing a movie about the hardest man in wrestling. I had wanted to make a biopic of a, of a British figure. I had read enough about him. You can never know what's true and what's not, but there was certainly a personality there. And the thing that got me with him more than anything else, he was a presence that defied the tide for as long as he could. He seemed to have values and he seemed to stand for something. And I liked how that played against someone who, as a personality, you considered a lighter and certainly a comedic figure in their performance. I, th I think Les Kellett managed to present comedic wrestling in a way that Jim Cornette wouldn't have found a problem with. Maybe Jim Cornette would disagree with that, I don't know. But the other thing, and it's not directly to do with what he did in the ring, Les Keller in the late 1960s was nominated as the UK Sports Personality of the Year. And if you think about the Sports Personality of the Year now as is, what would it take for a professional wrestler wrestling in the UK to make that list? Hard as nails and fun to watch in the ring. It is easy to see why so many people loved Les Kellett. And it's also easy to see why so many people hated this guy. Introducing in the red corner, Mick McManus. Heroes need villains. And in 1921, one of wrestling's best villains was born, William George Matthews. You and I would come to know him as Mick McManus. The moment you saw the jet-blacked, blatantly dyed hair, you hated him. Once he got in the ring and started manipulating the referee, getting cheap shots when the ref was out of position, holding on to chokeholds a little bit too long, you hated him even more. Alex, 
Vandas complaining For 26 years, he was a featured wrestler on World of Sport, having over 200 matches on Saturday afternoons, more than anyone else. In those matches, he would stretch the rules as much as he could, often pushing his luck with the official. Away from the ring, McManus was one of the driving forces of British wrestling, working as a matchmaker for a long period. He also had other outside-of-the-ring exploits, as John Fisher explains. Mick McManus had a weekly column in The Sun where he would preview the matches that were going to be on TV that week and, and make predictions as who's, who was going to win, which was a little bit cheeky, seeing as he was also the matchmaker and the booker at the time. <laughs> And it's quite interesting to kind of look back and try and notice that he gets it probably right about two times out of three. So it's enough that he can look really clever and look like he's making these predictions, but not so many people that, you know, can go, hang on, this is, don't need to watch the match now because he always seems to know who's going to win. McManus was part of World of Sports FA Cup final day specials for two years running. And for two years straight, he would be in a feature attraction opposite the ring from one of his greatest wrestling rivals in Jack. Palo. They weren't particularly friends. There was that professional rivalry because they were both kind of similar kind of weights. Both were sort of villains. The video of their, their first match, it's definitely got that little bit kind of edge and needle that really kind of stands out from the other matches of the period. Mel shared a story in the book, Have a Good Week Till Next Week, in which a member of the crowd grew so angry with Mick McManus that she stubbed a lit cigarette out on his back. That's how much he angered people. From the top of the suspiciously permanently jet black hair on his head to the boots he'd used to trip opponents with, Mick McManus was the villain wrestling fans loved to hate. Giant Haystack, may I ask you a question that's always worried me? I've heard all kinds of stories about this, of your exact weight. I make it 35-2, somebody else is 33 stone. What is your exact weight? Will you tell me that? Well, Kent, I was weighed this morning, and I weighed in at 39 stone. And for this Wembley, I'll be 43 stone. So another of the main events at the Wembley Arena, we will be seeing Giant Haystacks versus Big Daddy, We finish our whistle-stop World of Sport tour with the rivalry for the ages. We've already talked about Big Daddy and his dominance in the ring. But what about the guy across the ring? The guy that casts an even bigger shadow. Standing at 6 feet 11 inches, weighing 46 stones, giant haystacks. In 1946, reportedly weighing 14 pounds, Martin Ruane was always going to be larger than life. His size and strength caught the eye of promoter Brian Dixon, who was forming a wrestling promotion. And after just a few months, Martin was in the ring as Giant Haystacks. Now, the name came from American wrestler Haystacks Calhoun. And for a brief period, Martin took the name wholesale before finding his own groove as Giant Haystacks. A lot of people don't get up from a Haystacks flash. 
Man, you'll have to hurry. No, he's not. He just didn't get the hand off the floor. Oh, it's all over. Two public warnings against Haystacks in just six minutes, 55 seconds. Giant Haystacks did a lot at the height of his fame. He was in Paul McCartney's musical film, Give My Regards to Broad Street. He was in TV commercials for Crisps. He was interviewed on chat shows. He even released a few singles, including this bagger. Baby. Giant haystacks, giant heart. His giant frame even caught the eye of American promoters, and giant haystacks briefly headed to WCW, where, under the name of Loch Ness, he would set out to feud with none other than Hulk Hogan. What's the tail of the tape on this big man? I know nearly seven feet tall and nearly 700 pounds. What about it? Well, listen, I don't care how many wrestlers you said to me. Every time you send him in that ring, I'll destroy them because I've got one goal, and that goal is you, Hogan, and there'll be no running away from me because when I land on you, brother, that'll be the end of your day. Sadly, we'd never see that come to fruition as Giant Haystacks was diagnosed with lymphoma soon after and immediately retired from the ring. He'd make a few sporadic appearances after that, and whenever he did, people would forever call back to his rivalry with Big Daddy and the run they had in big venues up and down the country. Generally regarded as selling out, it did about 7,000 in sort of a 10,000 seat building, which is obviously, you know, still a, a, a very good crowd. But it was it's very well remembered, I think, just because it came a lot later. It was on at a time that a lot of people kind of remember that from their childhood. They didn't actually wrestle that often. They had sort of a couple of TV matches, a few sort of matches around the country, and then sort of a, a three-month feud at Royal Albert Hall. You know, you'd have them both on the same show, you'd you'd sell it out. The, the Daddy Haystacks Wembley match was 38 years ago, and yet you still get people like uh, Dan and Emily Reed of the, the promotion on TV recently, and we're sort of joking about. Uh, we're going to be on there soon. I bet the first question is about Big Daddy and Giant Haystacks. And, you know, absolutely, there it was. That's the first thing they talked about. I see many wrestling holes in this one. As Haystacks goes clean out over the top rope. And it's a question whether he beats the count or not. He won't make it. He won't make it. So the final showdown. legendary stars of world of sport five men who very much paved the way for british wrestling and in some cases took it to new heights this is just five of the incredible litany of people who came through world of sport and i urge you on this bank holiday monday to maybe take time to research a few more you may find yourself some new favorite wrestlers in the process well you've got to leave anyway so it's good night from all of us here at the civic hall wolverhampton be happy till saturday even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from.